And we are back again, Red Shirt Freshman Nation. We are back again, like I said, for another episode. And man, Bird, another good week. But the transfer portal, man, we're going to have to get into that at some point because oh, for sure. college football is broken right now with the transfer portal. But first, we got to get into those games because there was, you know, close games, there was upsets, there was. Not so close games. We had a mix of everything, Bird. What uh, what games stood out to you? Well, I mean, conference championship weekend. Uh, obviously, being a Buckeye, my eyes were closely peeled on the game that my dad actually attended live in Las Vegas, which was USC versus Utah. Uh, no doubt about it, that game had the biggest playoff implications. Uh, being a Buckeye fan, I was obviously cheering for Utah to beat USC for the second time in a row. Um, and dude, you know, what was crazy about this game final score is not indicative of how it went. It was a three point no. game with 10 minutes remaining. Did you know that? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. You would not yeah, think so. Yeah. Um, you will... but both teams like defensively, they weren't good, man. Even, like Utah won and they were better towards the end. But I mean, dude, these defense sucked, <laughs> man. You know what they have to do? Now, USC has to hold a team meeting, not even a team meeting, just a meeting for their defense, and they have to pull the Deion Sanders and tell them they're bringing in their luggage because that whole defense should hit the portal, man. That was an embarrassment. Oh, but awful. It's bad, not bad. I don't know if it's bad or shows Utah's depth, but they were playing their backup quarterback at running back, and he ran wild. Uh, Jaquindon Jackson, he went for like 115. He's listed Mm -hmm. on their roster as a quarterback so i was like that's wild but the stat that really stood out to me is utah seven sacks usc one that mm-hmm. is a game changing stat dude i was just about to say man like what what did we say all season long or at least me specifically i was always like man i wouldn't count utah out because utah is so damn strong in the trenches offensively defensively like offensively those big guys out in front of cam rising give him time they give them time to work. They give yeah. them time to to make it work. Um, yeah. And if you look at, like, their third down stats, like, Utah was pretty damn good. Um, and then defensively, like you said, like, they got to Caleb Williams, and he was limping. He was hobbling throughout the entire game. He was not the same player. Um, but, again, like, kudos to the Utes. They got to him, man. Yeah, man. Like, you mentioned the O-line. It was elite, man. It looked like they were blocking a group of, scout teamers and not even just scout teamers high school scout teamers from like anchorage alaska like just a a joke man like kyle whittingham though the way he coaches that team you know it's proof that Mm -hmm. skill isn't always the answer sometimes it's the gritty guys it's the guys with determination and heart that are going to work the hardest yeah because that that grit determination and heart just straight up beat the skill of usc and that sucks because kyle uh sorry okay so uh, Caleb Williams put in such a great effort, but you know, a lack of run game and like a non existent defense killed it. Like, and when I say non existent defense, like it, it, they didn't even show up. Tom Brady shows up more for his kids than USC shows up. Oh, shots fucking fired, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, like great game, man. I loved it. But you know, when RJ Hubert got that pick. I was just like, okay, time to turn it off. Game over. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was 
it, it turned out to be, and it's crazy, like I said, right? It was a three-point game with 10 minutes left. And you, or pardon me, USC knows, like, we need to win this in order to, to make the playoffs. So you would yeah. think that they would show a little bit more hustle and bustle. Because, you, dude, Utah didn't even know that they made this conference championship game until, like, <laughs> six days before that. Because they ended up yeah. blowing it. They thought that Oregon was going. And then they literally found out at, like, a frat party they were saying this during the live broadcast. Like one of the one of the guys found out at a frat party at like three a.m. I mean, why are you partying after you lose? And you know, it, it's yeah, um, remains a mystery. But regardless, oh. like that's what I'm saying. And like Utah shouldn't have won this game, but man, like if you're Lincoln Riley, you think about it. Let, let's just go over this quick. You brought in Travis Dye. You brought in Caleb Williams. Brought in one of the best receivers in the nation, and you're like. Yeah, who needs defense? Yeah, dude, come but on, man, like, come on. You one need, thing I'll say you is need to bring in defense. Mentioning one of the best receivers in the nation. Yeah, they brought in Jordan Addison. But one thing I'm going to say about USC though, Taj Washington I, this year I found was better. He was more consistent, and I think he needed. Yeah, to be I mean that's fair. They brought in him just, too. Yeah, I know. But yeah, you know, you get Addison after the year he had with two gloves, picket thrown to him. You got to mention him though. But yeah, for sure. Uh, Hell of yeah, a man, game. There, there are other games. Yeah, like I was going to say, there's other games as wild. Uh, ending that off, I'm going to say this, though. Cam Rising's tough. When he got hit, I'd be like, okay, I'd be getting pulled off the field because that hit he took was a shot. Oh, and he didn't even care. I love it. No, man. He just, like, he, as he got hit, he's hitting the ground and rolling back up. I'm like, man, the guy's gritty. The guy's just. Yeah. It's chaotic. like one of those UFC fighters that almost, like, wants to get hit first to be like, oh, shit, I'm in a fight, you know? It's the crazy guy in every locker room that's hitting his head off the locker before a game and not even with a helmet on. Exactly. Anyway, uh, do we talk about uh, the team up north's game? Might uh, as well. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I can summarize it really quick. Uh, <laughs> the Big Ten West is shit, and so is Purdue. That's, oh. that's basically it. I, think, I mean, come on, man. It, it was Purdue. Purdue, what, what they have, like eight wins on the season? Seven wins, actually, I think? Seven. Seven yeah, wins, dude. Seven, wins. seven out of twelve games that gets you into the conference championship. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, man. You know, it, it's pretty sad. I don't know. Like, you can argue though the UFC or no the UFC, the Big Ten West is deep. Whatever. Purdue was shit. They didn't earn it. They they got there from technicalities, the way things mm-hmm. played out whatever you want to say, but man, like Michigan looks like a hell of a, te- a second half team, man, because in the second half of every game, like all year, they've just yep. turned it on, man. Uh, and, you know, I've seen a lot of people hyping up Donovan Edwards. He had a good game, but you know, that team was just as a whole firing in all cylinders, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm watching this game too. And I watched a little closely with more closely JJ McCarthy there kind of more settled in, more calm, rolling out in the pocket. He's having his eyes downfield more instead of freaking out like we were criticizing him in the beginning of the year. Because <laughs> no one was within 20 feet of him. I know. That helps too, but, you know, and, you know, with Michigan too, you got to, you know, you got to give respect for players showing up when it matters. I was looking to uh, Jalen Harrell there, the junior defensive end. He had a sack and a half all year. Well, he had two this game. And then you have Gross. the Gross. freshman freshman DB, Will Johnson. One interception all year and two in this game. So talk about showing up when it matters, man. You know, 
when it comes to crunch time, Minnesota's showing they're going to show up. But, uh, you know, Purdue was kind of shit, but one player I got to shout out is a player I kind of shit on early on, Devin Mockaby, kind of that walk-on that, well, walked all over Minnesota when they played him. He had 100 all-purpose yards this game, so he put in his effort. Um, here's here, here's my take. Uh, a little bit further of the takeaway. Remember that game early on in the season? It was about week one or week two, and we are like, wow, Purdue's coaching was awful because they couldn't run or all they rather did you know they just threw the ball they did they didn't want to run yeah. it right that was like week one or week two i couldn't even tell you who they played but regardless coaching miscues early on in this game i thought the exact same thing i was like holy crap this play calling is just predictable yeah. they're not even like they, rather than throwing the ball downfield or even running the ball downfield you know they're just running some weird plays secondly donovan edwards went off but I had shades of BYU. The amount of missed tackles for Purdue, oh, yeah. just scary. And and again, you know, I'm honestly not trying to take anything away from like the Wolverines. I mean, kudos to you. You're undefeated. You're number two team in the nation. You just won the Big Ten, right? Like that's a solid team. Um, I I think, and I mean, I don't want to give too much away. I think TCU is actually going to give them a harder, you know, a better game than most are giving them credit for. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Wolverines win. I think that the Wolverines should be expecting to win, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So, um, but regardless, I mean, in my honest opinion, man, not too, too much to take away from that game. It was exactly yeah. what we expected it to be, a blowout. Yeah, man, I think that was the one game everyone could almost guarantee was going to be a blowout, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, not much more to say on that game, like, Nah, like it no was, much. it was just, it was just, you know, they are who they thought, who we thought they were. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. They are who we uh, thought they were, right? Speaking of blowouts, though, Alex, uh, and and I think this kind of goes hand in hand with something that I want to talk to you about, because uh, mm-hmm. another team that blew out another team in a conference championship was Georgia, right? Georgia end up putting up fifty freaking points, man. So I mean, they're they're firing on all cylinders defensively they actually looked a little bit human right giving them 30 um but here's the thing stetson bennett okay it was actually recently just announced that he's going to be a finalist for the heisman and here's my thing with stetson bennett this guy actually deserves significantly more love than he got all season long after the first game of the season where they absolutely dominated oregon ducks who proved out Mm -hmm. to be a really good team this season i i kind of felt like you know, after those early, extremely early on Heisman rankings came out, no one really cared about Stetson Bennett. He's not flashy, doesn't put up the big numbers, but what does he do? Takes care of the ball, great leader, and he wins. That, yeah. to me, is Heisman quality, right? It, it's who's the best player in the nation. Well, look last year. Bryce Young didn't put up no, like, gaudy, off or, like, mm-hmm. just off-the-paper stats. Bryce Young took care of the ball, won games made the national championship so why alex why do you think stetson bennett's not getting the love because he's not the big flashy quarterback that our football society loves now and because well he plays for georgia and everyone goes oh look at his offense and that really because to start the year i don't think i could have named one of the receivers i could have named their tight ends but that being said brock bowers started off very good and kind of went cold for a bit and was inconsistent 
Stetson Bennett was the most consistent player on that offense. So, you know, I think he's rightfully earned that. I think I'm just going to start, you know, calling him studs and Bennett because, man, like the guy is just playing good right now. And he's hitting like he's hitting his stride at the right point. Uh, But, you know, you look at this team, too, and I say like he's the most consistent player. They also have three guys that could be starting running backs in the SEC, like Kendall Milton over 500 yards rushing, Dejon Edwards six over 600 rushing. Mm-hmm. And then you get Kenny McIntosh. Well, I think he had something like 700 <laughs> rushing yards and almost 500 receiving yards. Like, how do you stop a team where yeah. you don't know who you're going to get in the backfield? But, man, like, I-, I felt bad for LSU because schematically they set up so perfectly I found the game. It was just... The whole game was just David versus Goliath. And anytime the camera kind of zoned into Brian Kelly, his face just read, this is going to be a long game. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, for me, here's the thing. Like, and with Georgia's offense, they can score in so many different ways, right? They can mm-hmm. throw the ball to the big tight ends, who are obviously NFL future talent. Um, you know, they can run the ball, whether it be Stetson himself, or they can hand it off. Like, that offense spreads the ball right <clears throat> pardon me and then also just really quickly in terms of the heisman mm-hmm. for anyone saying oh well look at their offense yada yada as if cj stroud doesn't have a dope offense as if cj yeah. stroud doesn't have an nfl offensive lineman as if he's not throwing to marvin harrison jr julian fleming jackson smith Najigba, and the whole nine yards like people yeah. people have won the heisman with some stud offenses right like look at oklahoma's quarterbacks <laughs> look at Ooh. look at bama it, it, like that, this is what I'm saying. I mean, that's one of the weakest cases. And it's honestly, unfortunately, one of these cases that I'm often hearing the most of like, well, look at their offense. Dude, honestly, if you look at Georgia's schedule, their opponents win, like uh, their opponents uh, combine win record against, it's really mm-hmm. good. It's like 96 and 70. It's not bad at all. So anyway, you know, I, I think Stetson Bennett is firing on all cylinders. And I think Georgia by far, still has the best chances of winning the national championship here. Yeah. You know, they've got to be the favorite. And, like, that. yeah, they allowed 30. I think that was more their defense playing a little more safe. For sure. Because they, sure. they knew they didn't have to take the risks. Yep. Um, but, man, like, I think that, you know, getting a little off topic, but getting going into the NFL draft, my favorite player might be Jalen Carter because he might be the best player in the draft. And that's saying a lot considering he's a D tackle. I don't know, man. The, the the play where he straight up picked up Stetson Bennett, like he was picking up his drunk girlfriend at the bar so she wouldn't scrap <laughs> some other girl. Like that's like he picked her up. I'm like, yeah, that's what that reminds me of. Just like grown ass man. Uh, but you know, it's gonna be interesting. You know, I think the playoffs are gonna be like you said, TCU is gonna give a run mm-hmm. to Michigan. I think, you know, maybe it could happen in the Georgia game too. We'll see, though, you know. Well, well, why don't we talk about that then? Because TCU, you know, their undefeated season's unfortunately over. Um, mm-hmm. If not for a very, very, very questionable decision to go for it on fourth and goal in overtime, um, I wasn't a fan of that, especially, you know, with them getting the ball first. Wasn't a fan of that. But regardless, um some people have been saying that the team up north is five times better than TCU and that this national se- national semis national championship game is going to be a blowout. 
Pish mm-hmm. posh, dude. Pish fucking yeah. posh. TCU is a damn good football team. You know as well as I do. How many how many like ranked teams have they beaten? How many times have they been doubted and then yeah. won those games? TCU lost a really close game here, man. Really close. Yeah. I, I it think was a great won- game. And Kansas State's not a slouch either. No, Kansas State, like, they're a good team. And like I said, I think at one point it was uh, – they were up to like four wins in a row against ranked opponents. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can't you can't always be perfect all year round. But, man, like, Max Dugan, just like the one drive alone, that was like, that was like the biggest Heisman moment I think I've seen all year. The fact that he's yeah. like falling over from exhaustion and he kept getting up and keep – doing what he's doing like he ran for like 95 yards on that that drive or whatever but i I didn't get it man like we say k-state's good and they are tcu outplayed them but k-state still found a way to win like they were cockroaches you just couldn't kill them they just kept coming back with responding with every blow that they got dude here's the thing about k-state right they they shut out oklahoma state early on in the year 48 nothing um They also got wins against, you know, Kansas, admirable team. Just beat TCU. Um, they also beat Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma's got a great offense. They lost by seven points to Tulane, who turned out to be a great team. So to me, TCU, uh, with not really knowing who their quarterback was for much of the year, kind of bouncing back and forth between, you know, Adrian Martinez being healthy and not healthy, they had a lot of adversity to, to overcome, and they did. Um, but really, really, dude, like to, to focus on TCU, I think that about a month's time, right? You, you give them yeah. about a month's time, three, three, three to three and a half weeks, whatever it might be, to prepare for a team where you know who the opponent's going to be. And obviously the team at Norris got that too, man. But like, I don't know, man. There's just something sour in my mouth with so many people saying, this is going to be a blowout win. Like, put some respect on TCU. You got Max Dugan, you got Kendra Miller, Quentin and Johnson. the defense. Yeah, exactly, dude. The defense has shown up all year long, and mm-hmm. it doesn't look like, well, actually, Blake Corum is out. So, you know, if they can stop the run game, which they've proven that they can, uh, watch out, man. And especially, this game's going to be on a neutral site, correct? So I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it's neutral site, primetime game. Jim Harbaugh doesn't have... Uh, much success in primetime games historically speaking we'll see we'll see yeah one uh one one stat to end this i think it was the downfall of tcu two for 15 on third down that is a major problem that's awful yeah that's awful man that's literally terrible i don't that that's the like (laughs) nail in the coffin right there like i saw that and i'm like no that can't be real i think i checked like multiple score like sports score websites whatever and i'm like okay i was not wrong that is concerning so you know also concerning for the fact that michigan's defense has been doing what they're doing and that d line for some reason up in michigan has gotten better which makes no sense to me after losing the players they did but uh yeah you know they're like i said man that that's a good team i'm really excited for this game uh, yeah. I think this game is going to be probably closer than the Ohio State-Georgia game. I, I really yeah. do. I, I think this is going to be a game that, if you're a fan of college football, like tune into it, man. It's going to be great. Yeah. 
you know, we're, we're talking games, but one question I have concerning the games played, though, and it, it's a question about one of the teams. If Cade Klubnik started sooner in the year, would Clemson be in the playoff? Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, realistically, Clemson wasn't that bad all year, even with DJ. The thing mm. is, though, I think that Clemson only has one loss if Cade plays. Um, you know what, though? Clemson also snuck out a tough overtime win on the road against Wake Forest. Um, that game easily could have went either way, too. So it's it's tough to say. Um, my gut feeling is like, yeah, you know, they would have only had one loss, and I think one loss Clemson team gets in. Um, tough to say. Um, but unfortunately for us, we're going to find out next year because it looks like Cade Klubnik's going to be the starter, no? Yeah. Yeah, he'll be the starter. DJ's in the transfer portal, and we'll get to that little in a little bit here. But I'm watching this, and like I watched that game in the last couple of days. Now I've gone back and kind of watched some highlights from their games, and I noticed if the run game struggled, DJ struggled. Well, the run game wasn't that good for Clemson this game, and Klubnik still looked good. Maybe it was a bad UNC defense. I don't know. Uh you know, but the the Klubnik versus DJ dilemma, not a dilemma anymore, was kind of like the Cade McNamara versus JJ McCarthy. JJ and Klubnik, they just have that it factor. They're just, mm-hmm. well, they're just better. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think next year Clemson probably is in that playoff. I think it's very likely, especially as seen, seeing a lot of ACC players hit the portal as well. Uh, but yeah, man, like this game, I, it doesn't really deserve too much talk because nah, the only both, way, both the only, are out, right? The, yeah, the only way to describe that game was Clemson's defense literally toyed with the UNC offense, and that's a UNC offense that had Drake May putting up, you know, Heisman See, consideration numbers apparently oh, in video game stats. Yeah, okay, but I think you just spoke into reason why we should talk about it, right? Because so many people were lobbying for Drake May. Heisman oh look at these numbers look at these numbers guys numbers don't tell the whole fucking story okay because look at look at how badly Clemson toyed with UNC which tells me the ACC is not a damn good conference right it's not at times while playing like honestly dog shit DJ Uyagalele also put up some godlike numbers too right at times, not even at times, Wake Forest, as a total as an offense, put up some great numbers. Same with Sam Harmon. So, to me, it's more like, well, the conference and the defense really isn't that strong. And you have three quarterbacks who are kind of just exploiting this terrible defense. Very much like if any quarterback's playing in the Big 12. Very much if any quarterback's playing against USC. <laughs> so, it, it's just a reality, man. And I don't think... Not to take anything away from Drake May because there's obviously young talent there, but uh, I don't know, man. It's just Clemson's a good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the point I'm making here is like there's a lot of just dog shit teams in that conference. Clemson, you know what, dude? Clemson, even with one loss, I don't know if they get in. I really don't. That's fair. Yeah. Like, especially with having a TCU team that had multiple ranked wins all year. Yeah. So, that's you know, all I'm saying, that, right? That like was that the conference factor, was so right? weak. 
Yeah, that conference was so weak that they probably had to be undefeated. That's all. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that like that conference was weak, and that kind of hurt me because pretty sure to start the year, and and you know it's something we were talking about before the podcast of hot takes we either hit or miss, and I said, oh, the ACC is extremely deep. Well, apparently not because we had Miami <laughs> shit the bed. We had. I mean, I, I'll own that you know, one. They were awful. Yeah, uh, but yeah, man. We we've mentioned the portal. Do we move into that section of the podcast? Yeah, now? man. Because I was going to say perfect post, segue, yeah. right? Because teams are dog shit, and now you can utilize the portal to get better. So I, I know that you did a lot of research on this. I want you to take the reins. Um, who who is in the portal? And then we can <laughs> both kind of piggyback off each other. Maybe potentially good landing spots for them. Who isn't in the portal at this point? Well, is, exactly. Is, so bear you know, with us, okay? Because everyone's in the portal. So I kind of broke it into sections. I got defense, quarterback, running back, and then receivers, tight ends. Hit so, me with it. you know, quarterbacks, obviously, Devin Leary, that's a big one. That's Hudson a, Card is that's a, that's a big one. That's, that's a, you know, that's Moby Dick right there. <laughs> um, Hudson Card, we, you know, mentioned. Uh we got former four-star Nick Evers, who I think only threw one pass at Oklahoma this year mm-hmm. because I think they were trying to, you know, save him for next year or whatever. Um, one that I'm like, I, I kind of, you know, went into some other ones that aren't going to be hyped. Uh, Austin Reed, Western Kentucky, second in FBS in passing yards, second in mm-hmm. touchdowns, second in completions. This guy was playing Division Two before this year, so... <clears throat> Wow. He was a zero-star player, and I think they're giving him like a three-star status now or something like that. Um, so that's interesting. Goes into the right offense. He could be good, kind of an offense that's going to allow him to throw lots. Um, I'd mentioned Villanova throughout the year, how they were kind of came out of nowhere. They had their five-star quarterback, A.J. Swan, get hurt. Mike Wright, I think he's a junior, stepped in. And he did well. He's more of like a mobile quarterback. You mean Vanderbilt, like right? Gonna... What did I say? Villanova. Yeah, Vanderbilt. Yeah, don't mind me. It's okay. been a long day. Uh, but yeah, v- Vanderbilt. Yeah, their quarterback, Mike Wright. He's that more mobile quarterback. So kind of like, uh, you know, like, well, what's his name there? The quarterback. Cunningham on Louisville. Kind of mobile like yes. that. Yeah. Um, we got Canadian... We got a Canadian in there, Christian Veyu, the Ottawa boy, you know, right up, right up 40 minutes from where I live. Uh, he hit the portal, leaving Penn State. Um, that was an interesting one to me because, you know, Canadian boy, I was looking into it. His top four out of high school were obviously Penn State, Clemson, Tennessee, and Duke. Mm. Well, Clemson has Klubnik. He won't go there. Tennessee's going to have Milton. I don't think he'll go there. And Duke, well, they have Leonard or whatever, and Duke's coming off a winning season, so I also don't think he goes there. So you really can't predict where he goes. It's pretty wide open. One quarterback I'm really excited for that I was excited to see start for his team next year is Mikey Keene on UCF. But John Reese Plumley's coming back for another year, so Mikey Keene hits the portal. He's from Arizona, so I'm thinking he probably goes to one of the schools there. Actually, I shouldn't say one of the schools. It'll probably be, I think, Arizona State would be a good chance because Jaden Delora looked pretty good for Arizona. Right, yep. Oh, 
Um, running backs, you know, we mentioned Trey Sanders. Now, I think I can guarantee his spot. He's going to go to Colorado because who's his uncle? Uncle Dion up at Boulder. Um, he'll go there. Like the guy that most intrigues me was a guy that's a zero star. Carson Steele from Ball State. He's put up 1,556 yards and 14 touchdowns in two years. Or he put up that. Sorry, not two years. That was this year alone, I yeah. believe. And not to mention, uh, right? Like wide receivers coming out of those shittier conferences, we've seen yeah. have like major success. Yeah, man. Like I, I've, I've seen this guy, and I've heard a lot of talk about it'll be a Big Ten school, and they're saying Michigan, which I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> uh, yeah, but I can see that, yeah. And then the, the other running back is a guy that was kind of another one that played due to injury this year, Cavoisi Smoke on Kentucky. You know, and actually it was an injury because Rodriguez, I think, was just suspended. He was he was suspended, and they suspended. haven't really disclosed why. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is a guy Cavoisi Smoke. He averages. I looked through his stats. Five point four yards a carry. He has thirteen Ooh. touchdowns. That's a good stat. He has been there five years and hasn't played much, but. He did look pretty good this year. And the player in the portal, the two players I'm probably most excited for in the portal are both receivers. Grant DeBose from Charlotte. People probably laugh at that. Well, since he's been there in two seasons, 126 receptions, almost 1,700 yards and five touchdowns, or 15 touchdowns. That's wild considering, well, it's Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a guy that I didn't even know about until I watched a game in week zero as I watched Austin P versus Western Kentucky. It was Dre McCray from Austin P. Now I saw a stat. He had the most missed tackles in division one football. Oh, okay. And he's like, he's that gadget guy, you know? So I he's a yak like, guy, eh? He's a yak guy. He's kind of smaller. Uh, 75 receptions over a thousand receiving yards this year. Wow. So, I looked at, I've been, because I'm following him on Twitter now, because I'm like, I like this guy. I think he has like 25 offers now from Division One. Like, kudos to him, wild. man. The, the rags to riches, man. I love yeah. hearing this stuff. Yeah. So, those are some of the like offensive guys. Uh, interesting stat offensive lineman from Alabama hits the portal, Javion Cohen. Zero sacks allowed. I think he's been there four years. Where do you think he's going? I've heard Colorado. That's oh what I'm man! Online, but Stop. like, Dion, who, dude, Dion is, is gonna gonna make Lincoln Riley look like a little a sissy. Trump. <laughs> like they're gonna have to fix the portal because of Dion Sanders, man. Like he's probably sitting in a war room with like a full list of transfer portal players, just handpicking his team. It's you know what, wild. Though, like this is what he needs, and it actually that. That's probably a perfect landing spot for that O lineman because I'm not sure if you remember, but Dion was interviewed early on this season, right? Yeah. And they said, Dion, are you guys eventually going to play a team like Bama? And what he said was, no, because at this level, you need to be big in the trenches. You need to have these big, godly, awful guys. Jackson State obviously didn't have that. So, where is Dion going to really heavily recruit? I'm telling you, man. He's going to get his playmakers, mm-hmm. but that offensive line is going to be beefy, and he'll get those guys. Yeah. He he knows football, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Like, like I said, he's probably going to handpick his guys and, you know, set it perfectly. How he's going to set up his team. Like, it, it's wild, man. Like, I, I posted it online. I said, it's too much control for one single man in football. Oh, man. Like, it's, it's he's just. Thanos. He's the thing. Like, he, he's got. He doesn't even have the Infinity Gauntlet. He's got two of them. And he's just. <laughs> You know, we should just post a graphic online where it just says NCAA transfer portal, and it's just Dion beating the shit out of the portal with two Infinity Gauntlets. Because oh man, it's going to be disgusting. That said, though, I think the highest ranked transfer right now in the portal, a DB, probably going to go to Ohio State. That's Who all I'm that? hearing. Fentrell Cypress from Virginia. 14, yeah, I've heard that too. Fourteen pass breakups. That's unreal, man. He he led the ACC, and I believe he was top five in the country for passes defended a game. Now he's a grad transfer, so he'll only be there a year. But yeah, that's fine. That's wild. And you know what? You guys need the help because the DBs yeah. on your team it was, it's it. not pretty. No, uh, hey, but but then again, like th- think about it. Wasn't that long ago where you had guys uh, like Denzel Ward, right? And we had guys like Malik Hooker. We had guys who who were studs, and I mean, unfortunately, very unfortunately, Buckeyes have gone away from that. But uh, you know what? Uh, defensive coordinators, Jim Knowles, I don't know. Maybe he can get it done, and maybe that's a a good place that DBs want to play. Because right now, you're right, and that's the thing, right? He'll go to Ohio State, a top school, and he'll probably play right away. Because we need the help. Oh yeah. So that's a good landing spot. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, there's a lot of ones where, let's be honest, the portal now is basically guys going where they'll start. Um, yeah, man, because no one wants competition. It's crazy. No. And you know, I think I sent you the picture where it's like, oh, I'm QB three. Well, now you're QB like a thousand and three. Like it's, yeah. but hey, you know, to each their own, right, man? But yeah, you know, you're asking me predicting landing spots for some of these guys and. I could say, oh, they're going to go home here or that. But, like, at this point, it's whoever's going to dish out the most money. I saw, like I said, I was saying to you, last year when JT Daniels was in the portal, Oregon State wanted him, and he asked for, like, the four-bedroom house. He asked for uh, a personal chef, a six-figure mill deal. (laughs) Like, I love it. why would anyone want to graduate from university and go on to play in the NFL? They don't need to. Yep. Uh, okay, so maybe not like predictions on where they'll land, but how about mm-hmm. like, I guess good landing spots. So th- this is wishful thinking, spots. or yeah. or really just uh, I I guess finding their skill set in a team's offense and matching them. Right, be a matchmaker. Your Bumble, your yeah. your Tinder, your whatever these <laughs> dating apps are. Find them a good match. Uh, so I'll start with you know the Moby Dick there, Devin Leary. Well, I had, you know, his brother's at Illinois, but his OC did just go to Coastal to be their new head coach. So I think it's really split between those two schools. That's one I did a lot of research on because I'm like, that's a big fish. That is huge. That's Uh, probably the biggest. And yeah, like I said, and then, you know, I speculated Mikey Keene being an Arizona boy. Uh, Trying to think here on other ones. Luke Altemeyer is in there. He's from Missouri. I'm wondering if Will Rogers goes pro if he goes to Mississippi State because that would be a good spot for him. Mm. Uh, Doesn't uh, so sorry to interrupt you there. Um, 
the milk jug expired offense, but still a hot landing <laughs> spot in Texas A&M. They desperately need a quarterback. That's a pretty big school, right? Could could yeah. they land a, a big quarterback? I don't think they're going to be looking for one. Maybe a maybe kind of do what Michigan did where they brought in... Uh, you don't think that uh, they want to upgrade a quarterback? They, they had the freshman kid there, Wangman. Or Wegman or whatever he played yeah, at the end of the year well and he looks good. He he played well. You gotta remember he's an eighteen year old kid. Um, maybe they're all eighteen and nineteen year old kids. Well, in their first year, I'm saying it's his first year, but like I know whatever. I'm giving a shit. Oh, uh, but yeah, like they could. I mean, I'm no professional, no expert, so they could. Um, like I was gonna say though, it could be like when Michigan brought in what's his name there from Texas Tech. I can't think of his name. He never even played since he's been there, I don't think. But I yeah, something no like that where they get a yeah, I, I can't even think of the name. Uh, you know, you get that. Uh, you know, Carson Steele, like I said, I heard a lot of Michigan. Trey Sanders seems to be Colorado. Uh, you know, a lot of it too is you gotta look if they lost any a lot of guys I see transferring because they're losing their coordinator, maybe a position coach in that, maybe they want to go with them. Uh at one point, Grant DeBose, who I had mentioned, he was an FSU commit. He's from Florida, so maybe he goes back to FSU. They can always use help at receiver. Jordan Travis is back for another season. Uh, other than that, man, like the one I'm kind of trying to predict, and maybe it's not predict, but trying to manifest, is Arlan Bruce V going back to Minnesota. His dad played at Minnesota, mm-hmm. so... We'll see. We could use a return man. I didn't find our punt and kick return guy was anything special. So, and Arlan Bruce the fifth was a four star recruit. So, I'll take any of those coming in. Yeah, and and uh, PJ just signed uh, that seven year extension. So, yeah. which obviously yeah. tells you that you know what, it's not going to be you know one coach in year one and then another coach in year three or four, right? Uh, I know for a fact a lot of recruits like seeing that stuff. So yeah. Arlen Bruce could be a, a really big fish for you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't you know, man, like, yeah. go ahead. Uh, what were you going to, you go ahead there. No, uh, I was just saying like quarterbacks are obviously going to be moved around. They're going to be um, taken places. Right. Um, yeah. DJ, DJ Uyagalele, uh, he He's a pretty big name too. So I think that he needs to be mentioned. You mentioned yeah, that mention... he could go to like Hawaii, but what a what a massive downgrade! I can't see Hawaii, I'm... and I understand the roots, but like, dude, you just yeah. came from Clemson. You're not going to go to Hawaii, are you? But like, this is something I've seen where these quarterbacks go from a school like that and will go down to a school of of lesser value. I guess you could say. I think that's a significant though. A significant, significant but like. I've heard a lot of rumors about it, and if he goes there, you know, the competition, let's be honest, isn't going to be what it was, so he might put up big numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I think with DJ, it comes down to wherever his brother commits, and, you know, his brother's got offers from Oregon State, UCLA, USC, Ohio State. I don't think it'll be yep. USC because he's not going to want to go sit behind Caleb Williams, and then they have... Uh, Oh God, uh, more Malachi Moore, whatever I think the quarterback is, the five star mm-hmm. there. So that doesn't fit for me. 
Oregon State doesn't fit. So I'm like, okay, I think UCLA or Ohio State. I'm I'm thinking. But yeah, yeah I like don't know. I said, what do you think? State needs a QB, man. Because Stroud Stroud's gonna go in the NFL draft, right? It's mm-hmm. it goes without saying. Well, Kyle McCord isn't uh isn't, isn't necessarily the guy. the guy I want leading the Buckeyes in the future. Um, and so all I'm saying is like, if you're going from Clemson, right, he is a rather elite talent is what he was. So just looking here quickly at like, who are the top schools? Penn State's going to have a quarterback. USC's a need of one. Utah, they're going to lose Cam Rising. Potentially I heard Utah, Rising is back. Okay, then even then, right? Rising's rising back, yeah. Rising will go back then, right? Tennessee's got a quarterback. TCU's got a quarterback. Team up north's got a quarterback. Georgia. So mm-hmm. at that point, you don't want to take a step back. Maybe Oregon. So to me, the, all I'm saying is like it's limited options. UCLA, Oregon, Ohio State. Oregon, Oregon would make I a lot Ohio of sense. Ohio State makes sense too. Oregon makes sense if. Bo Nix goes because they just lost Butterfield, their four-star backup to the portal. So they're going to need a guy to come in for a year so they can have another guy. And that's all DJ's looking for too, right? Like he's looking for a year of a highlight tape, like literally like a Justin Fields situation, right? And if I'm being honest, I think Ryan Day, his offense is well-suited for like a quote pro-style offense. Um from what I've seen, DJ likes to stay in the pocket and only run when he absolutely needs to. Could work. That's all I'm saying. Could work. Yeah, yeah. You say Oregon, and that makes a lot of uh, a lot of sense to me. Yeah, Oregon I, makes sense too. Right and like we just saw Bo Nix go there, and if Bo Nix can look good there, then DJ you again. I like. We're not uh, Bo Nix fans. No, Y'all are tuning in for watched. the first time. We are not Bo Nix fans. Uh, but you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned PJ Flex extension, and, mm-hmm. and you know it, it can't go without saying coaching hires. What do you think of some of these coaching hires, especially from the last week? I've found there's been some good ones. Dion's the biggest. Oh, Dion's, D- the Dion's huge. Um, I don't think we took enough time, but I think. Other than like Dion, but I mean true impact. And I'm gonna focus on the Big Ten here because it's massive, Wisconsin mm-hmm. baby. I don't think enough people are talking about Wisconsin's uh, Luke Fickle. Yeah. L- Luke Fickle. This is a man who, man, Cincinnati wasn't a good team. They weren't. He he's if he's able to grab, you know. C level talent and turn them into B plus A minus talent, yeah. like we saw with the NFL draft, right? Exactly. Man, that's exactly what Wisconsin is looking for. He he'll be able to recruit. He'll be able to grab those big Wisconsin bred Milwaukee boys, make them a good team. Now, obviously, Braylon Allen's another guy who joined uh, the portal. Uh, he hasn't entered officially yet. Okay, I, I so that was a rumor. Then. Yeah, more okay. of a rumor at this point. Okay, well. What I'm saying here then is if he's got that, right, which let's be honest, Cincinnati hasn't really had a major running back under Luke Finkel. All no. I'm saying is like, I think he can make some damage. And like I alluded to earlier, that West, we both originally thought, okay, well, the West is deep. 
didn't prove to be the case. This is actually one of the worst years overall of the Big Ten that I've seen in 15-plus years overall. So what I'm saying is I think Fickle could come in in his first year and legitimately win the West. Yeah, uh, I think next year it's pretty wide open. They need a quarterback too, though, no? They do because Graham, you know, okay. Graham Cracker Mertz is in the portal because, you know, he breaks like one. But, uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I haven't seen any of his Cincinnati players follow him, which interest is interesting to me. But we'll see, man. Like, I think he'll be able to get a quarterback in that's better than Mi- Wisconsin has had probably for the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're better than Mertz right now. Yeah, and that's saying a lot because I've got a bad shoulder. <laughs> you could punt the ball for better passes than Graham oh Mertz. God, yeah, uh, but you know, I, I I see them getting in a good quarterback, which worries me because Minnesota just hasn't had to worry about Wisconsin with a quarterback for well quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that defense is going to continue to be good. The defense, I think, will be very different. Jim Leonard's leaving after their bowl game. Yeah. Um, so that's big. But, you know, look what Fickle did at Cincinnati. Who would have thought Cincinnati would be a bowl game? Be, or not be a, a bowl game. Would be in a playoff spot. Uh, so if he can do that at Cincinnati, then imagine a Wisconsin team that's a very attractive spot to go for a lot of people that want to play in the Big Ten. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah, I, I think we covered enough ground and enough bases. Uh, you know, can only verbally suck off Luke Fickle in Wisconsin for so long. Um, yeah, trust me, I'm, uh, it's hurting <laughs> yeah. me. But <laughs> so, so with that being said, man, <laughs> your turn. Uh, Who are some other, uh, you know, notable uh, coaches? Man. You know, we mentioned the uh, some other ones, I believe, last week or the week before. But, uh, you know, one, not that I like even, but just makes no sense, is Jamie Chadwell going to Liberty. Just why? I think it's a step back. Why would you go from a Sunbelt conference that you can win to being an independent and saying, okay, well, when the playoff expands, good luck making the playoff when you're an independent. Unless they I mean, told unless they told him, Oh, we're going to be entering a con- We're going to be joining a conference. Yeah. But now you don't need a conference championship. If it's expanding to 12, you really don't. True. I mean, look True. at Ohio state. They didn't need one this year. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Liberty is interesting too. I mean, they got a history of, decent players maybe not the greatest teams it it i'm gonna chalk it up as a sideways move i don't think it's as backwards as we think sideways i think there was probably a reason why and i think it has to do with money so we'll see better shopping for the wife yeah better (laughs) shopping for the wife i'm just kidding yeah Uh, one that interests me is Alex Golesh going to USF because that from was what interesting. I, that was interesting because I'm like, from what I had heard, there was a lot of interest in that job for whatever reason. Because USF yeah, Florida was, jobs are popular, you know, yeah. You know, who wouldn't want to go live in Florida? Um, and then you know another another confusing one is Trent Dilfer going to UAB. Just I was like, why? He's like coaching high school. <laughs> like why? <laughs> Trent Dilfer is an interesting one. I mean, his career has been all up and down. He's had yeah. he's had some highlights. Let's be honest. He's had some highlights. Uh, and there's been some, you know, middle of the road things. So to, to go to UAB, um, 
I don't know, man. I don't know how much they offered him, but if I had to chalk it up, it's like money speaks. Money speaks. I don't. I don't know why you'd want to go to UAB. Yeah, man. That's this is the whole name. You know, name, image, likeness thing. It's just. It's all about money now, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, one hire I really and like what I mean really like, Tom Herman going to FAU. Of course. I really I love that because I'm like this guy deserves to be coaching, no matter where it is in college football. At one yep. point, he was like an big time up and coming coach. He goes to an FAU team that is pretty good. Nikosi Perry's been playing, in my opinion, so well there since mm-hmm. transferring from Miami, um, and that's a spot that sets him up that he can be successful. And for sure, dude, it's it, a, that that's that, a super like, yeah. like if we're talking about matchmaking. I mean, you need to remember, Tom Herman was the offensive coordinator for Urban Meyer mm-hmm. uh, the last time they won a national championship. This guy is an offensive genius. Look at the fire in him. Look at the passion he had, right? Um, uh, like, when he was head coach at Texas, he he was, like, hitting players, basically. He was <laughs> calling guys out. Um, he was over on Twitter. He was swearing left and right. Like, this is a guy with fire and passion. Okay, where is he going, FAU? Look, historically speaking, the guys that FAU has. Dude, this is the perfect match. He's going to be able to swear at them. He's going to be able to push those players like none other. And what I'm getting at is FAU, typically speaking, is a lot of guys with high amount of talent that just Mm -hmm. need the right direction, that just need someone to believe in them and to give them a chance. Tom Herman's going to be that guy. Tom Herman, honestly, you could probably rob a bank on a Friday and you're in the game on Saturday. <laughs> that's yeah. just the, like with Tom Herman, he's, that's the type of style that he is. He, he's a winner, man. He's, you know, and sorry to any, if we have any Florida fit, like natives, but Tom Herman's coaching style is perfect for Florida. Everyone's going to love him. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know how else to say it, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Uh, but man, like, a bunch of these coaching hires I like. Uh, you get Tim Beck going to Coastal from NC State. I like that. And like I alluded to, maybe Devin Leary goes with him. If Devin Leary goes with him, then look out for that Coastal offense because they were good mm-hmm. this year already. And they might be even better next year. Who knows? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. No, Who we, else do we, we got, got to, on that list? I'm looking here. I got you mentioned Golash. We got Dilfus. The one guy that I've kind of watched getting into coaching because, you know, just interesting always seeing a young coach, but GJ Kinney is, you know, going to be going to Texas State from Incarnate World, which they've been pretty decent the last couple of years. And he's going to go up to Texas State. I believe he's a, you know, he's a Texas boy. He was at Texas Tech or something like that. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Maybe, you know, I've heard, you know, he's showed he's good with quarterbacks. So maybe Texas State is a place where some quarterbacks want to go now. That could be interesting. And he's only 34 years old. Like, that's incredible. Him and him and uh, Kenny Dillingham there, they're both, you know, mm-hmm. under 40 years old and you're getting head coaching jobs in Division One football. Right. I got, I got an interesting one for you here, too. Jeff Brom going to Louisville. Oh, that's from today. That's, that's from today. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very soon. Um, 
Louisville's uh, a school where, typically speaking, and I mean, we can mention Lamar, we can mention Malik Cunningham, regardless, Teddy Bridgewater even. This is a school where if they can get the right QB, like, honestly, you know who would be perfect for this offense? It's not going to happen. KJ Jefferson. Like, he would be perfect. You know what I mean? He'd be perfect. Oh, man. He, he would be perfect. He would be perfect, man. Like, it, it won't happen, but maybe getting a quarterback similar to him, like, I don't know, a Jeff Sims. It's going to be interesting. It's, you have, I don't know uh, how else to say it. They have also, who's in the, Jacoby Criswell, North Carolina. That would be a perfect spot for him, actually. Yeah, because that's a that's a that's a runner that is a big arm, just like KJ Jefferson. So it's going to be interesting. You also love seeing coaches go back to their alma mater to coach. Like, what better feeling would be would there be than that? You know, like just a perfect for him. You know, that's probably one of my highest graded coaching hires of the off season so far. Uh, Looking else, interesting one here too. Uh, I'm just going through it. Kevin Wilson. Kevin Wilson was Ohio State's offensive coordinator, and it looks like he is going to... Tulsa, right? uh, Tulsa. Now, not a great landing spot, admittingly. It it makes no sense to me. Like, it makes zero sense to me. But for Kevin Wilson to be able to have the opportunity, and it's also interesting, like, you know... What's that mean for the Buckeyes? I mean, my head's just going crazy here. But like I said, Kevin Wilson deserves a chance. He's he's mm-hmm. a mastermind too. I mean, I, I took the time to like kind of hype up Tom Herman because he deserves it. But Kevin Wilson was just as good. So, yeah. needless to say, I mean, interesting. I, I think a lot of these coaching hires are with an eye to the next job. Like, this is, okay, he goes in there, proves something, gets a bigger job. Same with guys mm-hmm. like maybe Trent Dilfer, G.J. Kenny, Alex Golesh. Those are all guys taking jobs, looking for the next one, knowing they're going into a situation that sets them up to do well. So, man, I think, More than I think that's about it. For, yeah, that's about it for the coaching hires for the most part there. Um, yeah, I think that's... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do we... Uh, you know, we got Army and Navy coming up this week, though. And I know that's a game we were both excited yeah, we, for. Yeah, we should talk about that because, I mean, yeah. you know, this is, I think it's, it's like the hundred and something installment of the game. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I'll just flat out come and say, um, you know, one team's going to be running the ball a fuck ton. <laughs> but uh, who do you got winning this game? Oh. I, Not who I... do you want. I know who you want to win, and it might uh, it might be the same answer. But who, who do you got winning? It's the same answer. Uh, I have okay. Army winning. I think they have a better defense. Um, Navy's just been allowing a lot more yards a game, and I think that's going to be a factor, especially with the style of play that the academies do. That being said, though, I will say Navy has had a much tougher schedule. You know, they've played teams like UCF. Cincinnati, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. Temple, even Houston is a decent enough team. Army didn't really play any schools like that. Air Force, baby. So, yeah, and then there's you and your Air Force. Um, I think something like I looked up the the uh, the predictions on the win, and I think it was like 
army had a 51% chance to mm. navy's 49. So it's like dead even at this point. Um, I think all, yeah, army has the better defense and I think they've averaged more points a game. I think they were averaging close to about 30 points a game as well. So that being said though, I looked and Navy has a, like, and I'm not saying like a little, like they have a lot more passing yards than <laughs> army. Yeah. So who knows, maybe passing actually ends up being a factor in the game. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, honestly, I think a, a major reason for that is uh, Lavatai was out for the season, uh, mm-hmm. which was their their QB. Um, I, I'm going to go with Army here as well. Uh, just basically, briefly looking back on it, they only lost by ten points to Coastal Carolina. Okay, mm-hmm. they only lost by three points to UTSA. UTSA looked pretty damn good last week. Um, Air Force. I think Air Force is. Uh, admittedly, all bias aside, I think Air Force proved at least this season to be the best of the three, um, you know, academy schools. Um, they lost to them thirteen to seven. So, needless to say, I think Army is just the more well-rounded team. Yeah, that's um, exactly right. And if they control the clock, which I think they will, they should they should pick up the win. Yeah, man. Like, it's going to be fun to be able to watch this game. It's the only game of the week, so yeah, I watch <laughs> I it mean, every week. I mean, yeah, every year, every year usually I, I'll tune in too, but it'll be fun to watch it more. And you know, I, I say I'm an army guy, but I don't watch enough of the academy schools, so I think that's something I'm going to try to aim to do now. Dude, um, it's fun, man. I've been watching fun, Air Force yeah. all year, and it's 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 interesting. They only throw the ball like five times, but when they do, it's like, oh my god, I wasn't expecting that on third and one or and whatever like, it is. D- do you notice whenever any of the academy schools pass, it always goes for like fifty yards or sixty yards or something? Because no, no one, and then the defense is standing there like, did we just allow an academy school to throw deep or like go deep on us in a pass? Like, it's hilarious. But yeah. again, it's going to be a fun game because it's like it's like a you know watching two academy schools play. It's like a chess match, you know. So they're running the ball. They're waiting for the other team to react, and in that, but uh, yeah, we got that game. Uh, you think we got some time to talk about the playoff, or I think we have to talk about the. We got to talk about the playoff. Yeah. However, however, before I say anything, is the playoff a podcast of its own? Ooh. It might be. It might be. It might that be a be podcast fun. of its own, um, where we can get deep, where we can. How about let's save it, right? Next yeah. week, uh, and again, let us know on Twitter uh, over at uh, RS Freshman, Freshman with an E. Um, let us know your thoughts. But here's here's what I'm thinking, Alex. Next week, we could go over um, our hot takes for the year. Let's mm-hmm. see if we were right about, you know, conference champions. Let's see if we were right about hot takes. Let's see how wrong we were about some stuff. Cough, <laughs> cough, Miami. Cough, oh, cough, man. Arkansas. Cough, cough, BYU, regardless. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, in the following weeks, we could break down um, Ohio State against Georgia and TCU against the Wolverines. Because I think, the, like, those games deserve the actual breakdowns. We could break down week by week how the teams did, shrinks, weaknesses, and, uh, you know, obviously give our predictions. Yeah, man, that uh, that sounds perfect to me. It gives us more to talk about then, and, and really lets us, you know, analyze it more, break it down. Which I'm sure everyone, you know, 
wants to hear, at least the ones that, you know, all you uh, lads and ladies that listen. But uh, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm excited, man. Gives us a break to get ready for the playoff. We get to watch some good mm. academy football, and then we get bowl to games watch too. the bowl games, obviously. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm excited. I think the playoff is going to be closer games than everyone expected, which I'm excited for. Could go either way. We're not going to give away too much, but we'll leave you guys with that thought. Both games should be closer than you expect. Yeah. yeah, and on that, we'll say, uh, you know, good night or good morning. See you to all you guys, and uh, stay sexy, redshirt freshman nation. Ooh, I like it. Later, guys and girls.